on the Aggie Sports Network. From Learfield, from Rudy's, welcome to the Aggies Coaches Show. Brought to you by Ruby's, home of the Aggie Coaches Show. SC Needham Jewelers, where Utah gets engaged. America First Credit Union, financial solutions for every need. And by Stokes, Stokes Trucking, doing the right thing since 1979. Now, the Aggies Coaches Show. Here's the voice of the Aggies, Scott Gerard. Hey, let's do it. It's time for another edition of the Danny Sprinkle Coaches Show. Live here, Ruby's Pizzeria and Grill. All kinds of great things going on right now. Come on down, hang out with us. We'll give you a free appetizer, great meal, and a chance to interact with Coach. we got some players coming up as well. After a huge win against Boise State, uh, it never it never gets old beating Boise State, that's for sure. No, it doesn't. No, it doesn't. And, uh, and especially just the way our guys played, man, and the way they uh, really competed and, and put that game away. Uh, in the second half, and the fans were able to enjoy it. And, and like I said, obviously with the weekend that we had, it was tremendous. You know that you knew Boise State was going to throw a couple of haymakers yeah. in that game. They did early, took the lead. You took the lead back. You had the uh, uh, lead, uh, the 11-point lead going into the break. And, uh, you know, every time they'd make a run, you guys answered right back, and it showed the resiliency of your crew. We did, and especially, you know, they'd hit a couple. They'd hit a three, and then we'd come answer it with a three, or we'd get a layup or a tough and one. And it just kind of it kind of demoralized a lot of their runs when we did that. Place was rocking, obviously, the Stu Moral. Yeah. Uh, and, and everybody was there for that and to see your team in action. And, I mean, it was a special night. There's been a lot of special nights, but uh, that, that ranks right up there with what we saw. No, no. I mean, that's, that's the most special because, you obviously, you have Stu back in the house. Yeah. Uh, it's a rivalry game. Both teams coming off a loss. We had a lot to prove. You know, all the former players there. And, uh, like I said, you could feel the electricity like before you even walked into the spectrum, like it just, it had one of those nights where you kind of walked in and had goosebumps even before the game. And that crowd already is rocking, but oh, it went yeah. from like a nine to an 11. <laughs> There's know? no doubt. Oh, uh, I wanted to kind of take you, you know, go back to the summer a little bit because Spencer Nelson has mentioned this. I've had a number of former players. They've always felt welcome back. Yep. Um, but, but it feels like you took it to another level you you just don't want to welcome him into a practice you want him to interact yes. with these players and talk to these former players and is that something that that that's always been part of your philosophy it is you know and it's how I want a coach at Montana State to make me and my teammates feel mm-hmm. you know like from a player standpoint like it's important like I know the work that players put into the program whether they're there for two three four or five years and you know you always have a an ounce of pride or not an ounce like you have a lot of pride in the blood sweat and tears that you did you yeah. know all the travel the road trips the camaraderie that you had and playing for your school and I know you know it's like that with all the former players that played here and you know whether they played for coach Morrow whether they played for coach Con Smith coach Eustacey you know they're always welcome back here like this is once you're here like it's family and uh and I mean that and they're always welcome back their kids are welcome back to whether it's a practice game we're on, we're on the road. It's always fun to see a lot of those former guys come to our road games. And, you know, and that's, that's what tradition is. There was, a, uh, there was a moment before the second half where there was a picture with you, Stu, yeah. Tim, Larry, Stacy, Con Smith, uh, Coach Tuller. I think there was, was there seven? Uh, yeah, six or I seven. Think, yeah, which I mean, is amazing. How, how great was that just oh, to be part of that fraternity? Yeah, I mean, it's like – I don't know if they're, if that could even be possible at another school right now. Yeah. You know, like not only to have everybody back, but everybody to be in the building at the same time. Um, you know, but that's just, that's the way, 
the man upstairs works things out, yeah. you know, and, and it was it was perfect timing for Stu. You had a lot of, uh, we mentioned this in the pre and the uh, postgame show, you had a lot of family there too. Yeah, Did, oh yeah. So you got Stu, you got the former players, you got your own family members, you got a place that's sold out and rocking. Uh, I mean, you always feel pressure before every game, but did it yeah. feel like there was a little bit more for oh, that one? Oh, yeah, well, just because of Stu being there. Yeah. Like, it had nothing to do with anybody else being there. But just when when you're representing him, like, that's that's pressure. And, uh, you know, it's obviously not pressure from him. I mean, he's the most kind-hearted person, you know. But like you said, my family was there, too. I had, uh, you know, three of my uncles there, uh, my aunt, my sister, my parents, um, you know, two of my good friends uh, came down from uh, from Montana. And so – it was it was awesome, you know, and it was it was awesome to see their excitement. You know, my parents and sister had been in the spectrum, but everybody else hadn't been there, mm-hmm. and they were just like, "Oh my gosh!" Like you've been telling us about this, but until you actually experience it in person, you have no idea like the electricity. I had a couple of coworkers, the guy that uh, I do the show with, hands and and our producer, and they were there, and uh, they'd been a long time since they'd been in the spectrum, and they're like, my. They're, they called me afterwards. They're like, our ears are still ringing. You know, oh, yeah. it just yep. it just doesn't go away after a while. Yeah, <laughs> and it's hard because like even and obviously it was a late game, but like I couldn't sleep. Like you get so your adrenaline gets going so much. I mean, all of a sudden it's like three in the morning. I'm just staring at my ceiling, like <laughs> trying to fall asleep. You know, and and obviously I knew I had to wake up to a full house of everybody. And and I'll tell you what, when they left at about one o'clock yesterday, I just crashed. <laughs> I didn't even wake up until halfway through the Super Bowl. I was, I was mentally exhausted. So are you? Uh, uh, was yesterday was an off day. I, yeah. You have to give guys off days. Uh, got back after it today. Yep. Uh, how's the energy of the team after a uh, after a big game like that? It was great. You know, and they and they not only deserved that day off, but like we needed it. You know, mm-hmm. like that was an emotional week. You know, it's it's emotional for the players too. You know, like they hear about the rivalry all week. They hear about Coach Morrill, the former players, like. You know, I mean, that, there's a little anxiety to it. And, uh, you know, so it was good for our guys to go and enjoy the Sunday, and hopefully they all got a chance to see the Super Bowl and spend time with family. But, yeah, they got back after it today, and, and uh, we just had a really good practice. I want to back up a little bit. Obviously disappointed with the performance against Nevada. Yeah. And you mentioned that you, in the pregame, that you worked them hard leading up to that game. Mason said it felt like a throwback to summer, yeah. uh, that, those couple days leading up to that. Um, I know you walk a line there because we are in the dog days of February, but you really felt like you needed to get a message across to these guys. Yeah, we did. You know, I, we needed to wake up. We'd been getting sloppy for a couple weeks, and we needed – I knew – I know how good this team can be. Like, I, and we still have another gear in us. And our staff, we weren't going to let them off the hook. You know, like our effort wasn't there. Our competitiveness wasn't there. Our energy wasn't there on Tuesday night. For whatever reason, you know, I mean, these kids have a lot of stuff going on, too. And usually there's, you know, there's a game like that one a year. And you just hope your opponent's having a game like that on the same night, yeah. uh, which Nevada didn't. And uh, but that it kind of woke us up. You know, it it kind of showed us they exposed some of the things that we needed to work on. And we really cleaned those up three days later. But those practices were I mean, they, they were built that way for a reason. And, uh, you know, our point got across to our team that when we do the things and we do them with effort and compete, that great things can happen. Well, I got to imagine, you know, even though it's been a long year and, and these guys have seen the results of their hard work, spending a week like that and having that kind of effort and then seeing the reward of that effort in that performance on Saturday against Boise State, it, yep. it, it's another just a, you know, 
realization like, okay, if we play this way, this happens. Yeah. Whether we win or lose, we know yeah. that that team's going to leave that arena going, wow, we were just in a dogfight. No, no question. And even, you know, Coach Morrill came to our practice on Friday, and he's like, wow, that like that's not your typical day before a game <laughs> practice. And I was like, no. I said, I, I don't know if we're going to score a point tomorrow night, but I know we're going to play our butts off. And I know we're going to defend, and it might be 10-9. to 9. I don't know. But I do know our team. We're going to represent that jersey that you put so much work into. And, uh, and boy, did they ever. What were some of the things that Stu said to the team, if you can share some of that? What, what were those conversations Yeah, like? you know, he just he watches every game. Uh, you know, he just told them how proud he is of them. Uh, the, and the one thing he didn't tell them, but he told me, he said, he's like, I know you have great kids because when he was speaking to them, everybody was looking at him. Everybody came, shook his hand, said their name, where they're from. And that's something that we teach these guys. Like, we take pride in doing that. And, you know, like, that's how he ran his program. Yeah. And, uh, but, yeah, he just told them how proud he is, how much, you know, this university and this community means to him uh, and how special the Spectrum is. Well, it certainly was special. You got a couple of big games coming up next week or this week yep. uh, on the road against a Wyoming team that, I mean, let's be honest, uh, you know, you look at people get so enamored with computer rankings and Ken Palm and stuff like that, and they see – okay, well, this team may not be where a lot of the other teams are in the Mountain West Conference, but they've certainly turned a corner. I know they've lost a couple games, but uh, they are a much different team than what they were at the beginning of the season and when you saw them earlier this no, year. No, no question. They got, they got two dynamic guards. They got guys that can really score to basketball and go one-on-one. And then their offense, you know, like I said even before we played, it's very simple, but it's very effective. And they make the right reads, and it makes every player on their floor dangerous. And so – we have to do a tremendous job guarding them, you know, like we did probably the last 30 minutes of the game when we played them. I thought we really guarded them really well. And they'll have some wrinkles for us that we're going to have to adjust to. You know, they'll, they'll throw out some triangle and twos and box and ones and, you know, some different types of defenses that, you know, they try to get you stagnant, but we got to stay in attack mode. But, you know, I think, you know, we just, we just have to guard and we got to be us. How do you feel like you handled that zone against Boise State? Because uh, you, you mentioned the first game of Boise, they throw it at you. They threw yeah. it again, at you again, and there was a couple of stumbles, and then it felt like you guys kind of settled in on there. Yeah, you know, and even kind of some of the stumbles, like, you know, we had a wide-open lob. To, we had a lob that was should have been for a dunk to Ian. You know, we just we threw it a little low, and they tipped it. And then we had a couple open threes that didn't go in. But once we really started attacking and getting the ball on the, on the baseline and getting the ball to the rim, you know, that's when we got some and ones, and we really put some pressure on them. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, you, you go back with Coach Linder quite a ways, back yeah. to your old Big Sky yeah, days. Yeah, Big Sky days. And you know that dude is insanely creative when yeah. it comes to sets and, and, and how he runs his offense and, yeah. and his defense, Yeah, too. I mean, one of the best offensive minds in the, in the country. You know, like his style at Northern Colorado is the complete opposite of what he's doing now, but he has complete different personnel. And that kind of just shows how good of a coach he is. And, you know, he can coach any style, any type of player. And they're always going to be really good offensively. They're going to take care of the ball, and they're always dangerous from three. Is this your style of basketball, or is it a style that fits with what you have right now at Utah State? It's, this is more my style than, like, at Montana State, we're just like, we're going to punch you in the face, and then we're going to punch you in the face, and then we're going to keep doing it because we had two post guys. Yeah. Where here we have, you know, more one, and we're more free-flowing, and we play faster uh, here. Like, we control the tempo a little bit more there. Um, where I like, I like having our guys where different guys can get the rebound and bring the ball up the floor. And it's, it's different league too. You know I mean? With yeah. our, you know, we had, I felt the two best post guys in the league. So we used it. And, uh, I'm not, I'm not, uh, what's the, what's the quote? 
I'm not stupid, but I'm I'm dumb, but I'm not stupid. Stupid. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. There you go. Yeah. And we just I knew that's what we had to do to win. Well, it, you know, it's fascinating, and I think that's the sign of a great coach where coaches can adapt to what they have. And and sometimes, you know, you're not John Calipari. He just can't pick, you know, yep. the, the, the pick of the litter and just bring in whoever. And so who you get, yeah, you adapt to, and you try to make adjustments to, to what you have and, and fit that style yep. to fit that those players. No question. And it's 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 about players, especially in February and March. Like when Mason Falslev gets a rebound, I'd be crazy not to let him push the ball up the floor because he's so dynamic getting the ball to the rim, and we play at a different pace when he's doing that. When Josh and Ian get it, they can bring it up. You know, and a lot of times, like even at Montana State, we'd always we'd get the ball to the point guard and we'd, we'd run our stuff. Uh, where here, it's I'd, I would be doing their talent a disservice if we did that. Yeah. And so, And it's just it makes us a better team. Um, Mason, uh, for the record, yeah. was very politically correct yes. when I talked to him on the postgame because I remember the game in Boise, and I saw a couple instances where Max Rice was just backing off him from the three-point line yeah. and really trying to get into, into his head a little bit. And uh, you could tell that that irked him, yep. and and he was very diplomatic about it. Said, "Yeah, you know, I I, I know how he played me in Boise, and I wanted him to know it was going to be a different game." Yep. And he certainly took it at it. Not only be able to shoot the three, but the aggressive nature in which he played. And uh, I, I love that because that just shows the competitive nature of that exactly. young man. And he's just he's such a good player. You know his his aggressive. I think he had six points in the first minute of the game. Mm-hmm. You know he had the and one, then he hit the three. And that relaxed our whole team. You know, when we got off to that good start, like it kind of gave everybody just that little bit of edge, that little bit of confidence that, hey, okay, we're here. We're going. You know, where sometimes if sometimes you can come out in those emotional games and you're shooting it a little bit long because you're so excited or playing too hard and fouling, and all of a sudden you're down seven to two, you know, where it was the, it was the opposite for us. And so, you know, credit to Mason. You know, and, and not did he just do it for the first minute. Like, he kept his foot on the gas pedal all 40 minutes. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and one of those, you know, that early three came from Great Osibor, who uh, wasn't able to finish at the rim, didn't, you know, yeah. you know, say, ah, shucks. Well, there went that, fought for it, got the loose ball, kicked it out, got the three. And, I mean, those hustle plays led to that three-point shot. No question. It, and it did all night. You know, I think three of our threes, came, uh, well, that was that, a three-point play, but even oh, three, the, yeah, the, yeah. the three-point uh, shot that Mason hit, Darius hit and Ian hit. They were all on kickouts. We got the ball into Great. They came and doubled, and he sprayed it out. You know, and even at halftime, Great didn't have a ton of sh- field goal attempts. Uh, but I kept saying, listen, that's just how they're guarding us. Like, you're getting everybody else shots. And, you know, and that's what we got to continue to do. And if people want to play Great one-on-one, awesome. But if they come and double, now they got threats. And when we're making threes like we've talked about all year, when we make threes like it's really, really hard to beat us. Yeah. All right, uh, coming up next, uh, we're going to hear from Isaac Johnson as well as uh, Carson Templin, but kind of talk about the development of those two guys because uh, it just seems like Isaac takes a step every game and, and uh, the toughness level has just really gone through the roof with him. It has. You know, he's getting more physical on the block, and, you know, and he's playing against really good players. Like, yeah. there's guys that are going to score, you know, but he's doing a really good job, like, making them score over him. And he's 6'11", seven foot with length, you know, and, it's hard to score over that, but when he gets going, like he's done a great job. You know, he hit the big, you know, free throw line jumper against their one three one, and then those two threes he hit in the second half were just backbreakers. You know, because I think they had made a little bit of a run and cut it to like ten or eleven, and he hit one. Uh, but no, just super proud of how far he's come. And obviously Carson, you know, he's just, you know, he just needs just more time on the court. 
you know, just like every freshman. But, you know, we have no problem putting him in, whether it's in crunch time, whether he plays 30 minutes or five minutes. You know, we know, we know what we're going to get from him. And, you know, I think he's learning, too, like how to be physical without fouling. Yeah. You know, and that's one thing that every freshman, you got to kind of find that fine line of, yeah, we need you to compete and be really physical, but we can't have you foul, yeah. you know, all the time. Because physicality is not an issue with him. It, oh, yeah. yeah. No, he – yeah. Yeah, he feels lost if he's not hitting somebody. Yeah. Well, that's uh, Coach Danny Sprinkle. We'll get to some of your questions coming up in our third segment. We'll talk to those players coming up next right here on the Danny Sprinkle Coaches Show here at Ruby's Pizzeria and Grill. Remember, USU Credit Union serving true Aggie since 1957 and the only credit union conveniently located on campus. Visit their branch inside the University Welcome Center or any of the six locations around Cache Valley. USU Credit Union, smart, local, and convenient. You're listening to Aggie Basketball from Learfield. All right, welcome on back. You are listening to the Danny Sprinkle Coaches Show. We're live here at Ruby's Pizzeria and Grill. Come on by, free appetizers, and a chance for you to interact with the coach and the players as well. And joining us now, Carson Templin, Isaac Johnson, after a big win against Boise State. Isaac, let's start with you. You know how much that Boise State game means. Now to go 2-0 and against them in the season, that's got to feel pretty good for you. Yeah, that's big time. Uh, we needed, needed every bit of that. And to have the energy uh, that was in the arena that night was just that much more special. So glad we got that one. Carson, I, I don't even know if you were born yet when uh, Stu Morrill retired. Um, <laughs> it was 17, 18 years ago. Um, so with that being said, uh, from being out of state, not knowing anything about him and really the history of Utah State a lot, what was it like when you had a chance to meet and interact with him? And did you feel the pressure of like, okay, a legend's here. I got to play well. Well, ever since I've been recruited here, I've heard about the history of Utah State basketball. So I've been hearing about it for probably two years now. And so, like, finally getting to meet him was pretty cool because I've heard his name, Stu, 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 yeah. over and over. And so I feel like I did feel the pressure. And, you know, we, we definitely performed under pressure. Well, the place, you know, it's always loud. It's always crazy. But – Isaac, it felt like it got ramped up to another level in oh that game. Oh, my gosh. I was uh, in church the next day. People asked me questions. Sitting right next to him, I couldn't hear him. My ears were still ringing. But uh, that just shows you the, the type of fan base and the community that we have and how much our team means to people. Um, and that's kind of a reason why we had to perform and, and make sure that we were on point with our, our game because um, this game means a lot to people. And so it was, it was pretty amazing. It was incredible. Well, Carson, I know that not only with Stu and some of these former players coming back and, and that crowd, obviously you wanted to play well, but you, got, you wanted to get that ugly taste out of your mouth against that Nevada game too, I'm sure. Yeah, I feel like all week in practice we really emphasized that we were going to play a lot better and a lot harder versus Boise, regardless how it ended Saturday. And that's where it started. We had really, really good practices, and we were really physical. Like, those practices really felt like they were games. Yeah. So Mason said it felt like summer. I yeah. Guess. No, it literally gave me flashbacks of summer. And so I think that was a big part of the reason why we came out the way we did. And just got to keep that mindset going forward. Yeah. I. Go ahead, Isaac. You want to add to that? Just, I was agreeing with him. Yep, spot yeah. on. <laughs> well, you know, well, you know, coaches mentioned, and you've mentioned this as well, like, you know, obviously people know your game and your physicality or your, your ability to shoot, but your physicality is, I mean, your ability to rebound, um, your, your aggressiveness seems like it's really increased over the last stretch. What do you attribute that to? Thank you. First off, um, 
Second off, I attribute it to necessity. Um, basketball is a game of necessity. If you if you don't do what is necessary to play, you're not going to play. Um, and I I told Coach Odom when I transferred here, I didn't transfer here to sit. And there were some outside things that happened um, where I redshirted last year. And so I needed to step up this year, and I didn't wait a whole year, redshirt a whole year to sit. And so that's what I had to do, and that's what I needed to do in order to step up. So um, the physicality standpoint and the mentality standpoint is out of necessity. Um, otherwise, I won't I won't be a part of it, yeah. and I want to be. So I love it. Uh, Carson, you're you're a physical guy, and Coach mentioned one of the things that you've tried to had you've had to learn is how to be physical and still play with that edge, but also do it and not send guys to the free throw line too. Yeah, so <clears throat> I've always been physical. It's just kind of been like <laughs> something I do, and it's part yeah. of my game. And so, you know, in college it gets even more physical. And so I'm like hit. You go from having to like hit, hit, hit to have your hands off them. And so just kind of finding the balance of when to hit guys and when to not and, you know, yeah, just figuring out, like, how the refs call fouls. I'll get there, but, you know, we're still working on it. And I – well, I don't know. I probably shouldn't say this. I think uh, I think officials sometimes know you're a freshman too, you know, and, and sometimes guys don't get the benefit of the doubt when they're, when they're young on the younger side. But have you been surprised at all by the physicality of this league or is it something that you kind of expected that you knew that – you were going to be playing in some elite big men, and, and it was going to be a challenge for you. Well, it all started day one when I got here, guarding great. So <laughs> yeah. I think once I figured out I was guarding great, I was like, okay, i got to step it up a notch. And ever since then, I feel like I've been ready for it. And, you know, our coaches prepared us well. Great said that, you know, that, that he feels like a bit of a mentor to you and, and, and even to you a little bit in terms of physicality, in terms of post work and things like that. Would you guys both agree with that? For sure. For sure. He, he knows a lot um, and he's experienced and just like natural, just with his natural ability and his learned ability. Um, and he's been with this coaching staff. So he's really helped us out a lot in figuring out um, what they want from us and, and, what we want for each other and how to be successful and he's he's successful i mean all you got to do is look at a box score any given game he's successful um and so he's he's taught us a lot showed us a lot so you know it's funny where you know you'd be like wow he you know he's had a quiet night then you look down it's like oh it's 14 and 10 you know it's like that's not a quiet night (laughs) but but it's it's crazy the uh double doubles he keeps racking up uh, all right, so, again, one of the reasons I think a lot of us like talking to you guys is because, and I've mentioned this to you too, uh, Isaac, a couple times, is that, you know, look, fans live vicariously through you guys. We don't get to experience what it's like to, <laughs> to play out in the spectrum in front of everybody like that. So when those two three balls fall for you and that crowd is just erupting, I mean, what, it, what is that like for a player? Uh, it's incredible. It's, there's, there's no better feeling. Um, it's pretty unique also. You don't always hear the crowd um, until, like, a timeout is called, and then you, like, are out of the zone for a little bit and getting back into the huddle, and you can actually, like, hear the roar and how crazy it is. It was, like, it's electric. It's can't beat it. I thought, I thought high school was fun my senior year when yeah. we were, there was just standing room and almost fire hazards because the arenas were too full. But it's just a whole different level. So it's it's fun. 
You know, it's been uh, – you guys have enjoyed so much success this year and, and uh, all the accolades and all the attention. And then you suffer the back-to-back losses and you suffer a little adversity. Carson, this is your first run playing college basketball. Uh, what's it been like to deal with, you know, a lot of people are like, oh, my gosh, you guys are great. You're going to be doing this and this and this too. Like, uh-oh, what's going on? The wheels are falling off. You've lost two in a row. Like, how do you as a player kind of handle those emotions and just keep that tunnel vision of just taking it one game at a time? Um, I think just trying to stay with the team. Like, we, we we really made a big point as a team after those two losses that, hey, we need to stay together and we need to make sure that, especially at this time, like, we're all we have right now. Like, we all got to be locked in together and supporting each other, and that's the best way for us to bounce back and get over the hump. All right, so we also want to get to know you as, as individuals. So, Carson, after a big game or after after a game, who, who are you talking to? Who's Is it mom and dad? Like, what are, what are the first phone calls you make and the conversations you have? Um, yeah, I'll probably call my parents first, and then after that, me and Greg will probably go, go to my, my apartment and talk about the game a little bit, and yeah. <laughs> who gives you, uh, outside of coaches, who do you rely on for basketball advice? Great. Really? Yeah, every time. Really? Yeah. Uh, did mom and dad play? Oh, my dad did play. So my my dad does try to give me a lot of basketball advice. (laughs) But it's mostly great. (laughs) (laughs) Isaac, who are you chatting with after a game? Um, Big bro? So every now and then um, we we try to talk at least once a week. Um, Usually it's on like an off day or a slower day is when we call because our schedule is offset. My little sister, I've always got some sort of family, whether blood-related or not, at the game. Um, whether it's a mission, mission, a friend from a friend from my mission, um, or my mom or my dad, um, somebody just go down on the court, talk to him after the game, and then Mason and I have a tradition um, where I drive to the games and we drive home together. Yeah. After every game, and then if we get Culver's, if we if we're lucky enough to get the 80 points and go get Culver's, then we go to Culver's together, um, and then we'll always come home and play Mario Kart on the Wii. Oh, there you go. Oh, yeah. All right. So, uh, what's the? Uh, all right. <laughs> so when you uh, when you wrap up a game and and your coach mentioned he can't sleep after a game. Are you guys like that? I mean, are you wired after a game? Is the uh, adrenaline, or are you just physically exhausted? Where you're like, I'm just done. Yeah, we'll we'll usually. Coach always says, enjoy this win until midnight. So we'll play Mario Kart until midnight, and then we'll go to bed. <laughs> so we always just like have our little game day things that we always do. But that's one of them. <laughs> who's the uh, who's the better Mario Kart player? Hmm. Uh, I have. I'm getting better. That's all. I'm okay, say. fair I'm enough. Not, there you go. I am, there I you am go. getting better. I'm moving up. I've got like, I think I've got like 35 wins so far this year. So I think I had like 25 in the whole year of 2023. So 35. Oh, so this tradition's been going on for a while. Oh yeah. Oh, oh yeah. When oh, I yeah. came on my visit, they were doing that. I was oh, like, yeah. <laughs> So it's been going on for a while. We've got we've got a lot of tally marks on our board, and it's it's fun. We, so yeah. I, I, I got to imagine between the two of you, I could see Mason being the guy that throws the controller across the room when he gets that's upset. Oh, Landon, huh? oh yeah. So it's it's uh, between me, Landon, and Mason. We keep a tally board, um, and we keep the totals. We do a road to 100, and then whoever wins it, and then we just keep tallies of however many. So it's it's competitive for sure, but it's fun. Carson, do you you, you play on the sticks much or? Um, I've been over a few times and played, but you know I'm not on the tally board yet. Um, I'm still <laughs> working on my game. They're 
experienced Mario Kart players. They play every <laughs> single day. Like, no joke. <laughs> every single day. Wow. As soon as practice ends. Mario I don't know Kart. about that. We'll be able to play every day, but I don't know about. So, so you take the you take the take it on the road too, or? Uh, we did last year. We haven't yet this year. Um, we gotta. I don't know. I, because maybe last we weren't year, supposed to say that if coaches. No, yeah, last year we could be way more chill about it because Mason and I were redshirting, and Landon um, would get opportunities every now and then to play, but we could be a little more chill. We didn't have to be as locked in. But yeah. this year. We're taking it way more serious, and we have, we're not taking it with us. All right, big road trip coming up. You've been to Laramie. Yep. You know what that trip's like. Carson, this is your first go around. Um, I'll keep my opinions of that city to myself. But with that being said, <laughs> to be out on the road the whole week, um, it, it, this is definitely not the Cayman Islands you're going to. Nope. But uh, it's, it's got to be good to maybe just get away and, and spend some time on the road and just focus in on the team and, and, yeah. and all of that, right? Yeah, it'll be cool. Um, pretty unique for us to have like we'll have no outside distractions from our our comfort zone here in Logan so it'll be us and our team together and uh, this team is really fun just the camaraderie that we have and, yeah. like the brotherhood like we just have fun um, and so I I'm excited for it just looking forward to being able to joke with anybody and always just like there's always and if it's time for seriousness and yeah. whatever, we're locked in. We have each other's back and whatever it is. So. Well, I know a lot of people are pointing to that Colorado State game, Carson, but you know that if you guys don't bring the effort against Wyoming, they're more than capable of coming away and, and, and getting the upset against you guys. Most definitely. Yeah, Wyoming at home, what have they lost one game of conference now just to New Mexico? So they're a dangerous team, especially in their home place. So we, got, we, got, we need to bring it. Like mm-hmm. this is a big game for us, especially coming off a big win. We can't let our intensity fall. No doubt. Well, guys, uh, go grab your food. Thanks for hanging out, and uh, let's do it again here soon. Appreciate it. Thank you. Thank you. That's Carson Templin, Isaac uh, Johnson right here on the Aggie Sports Network from Learfield. Coming up next, you'll hear more from Coach. Get his thoughts as we get ready for another round of Utah State basketball with two big road games coming up this week as the Aggies look to get, uh, again, keep uh, keep the winning ways going. Hey, remember the Mountain West Conference Tournament just around the corner? Make sure to buy your tickets now to experience Mountain West Madness live in Las Vegas. Visit utahstateaggies.com to purchase your tickets now. You're listening to Aggie Hoops from Learfield. Welcome on back. You're listening to Aggie Basketball from Learfield. It is the Danny Sprinkle Coaches Show. Uh, if you got questions, we'll fire up the uh, wireless mic and you can let your voice be heard. You can want to ask Coach a question. we got a bunch coming in on Twitter as well. So, uh, again, your chance to take over the program as the Aggies get set for two big road games coming up at Wyoming and uh, at uh, Colorado State coming up on Saturday. And, Coach, um, you know, I, I, a lot of these guys, when I've asked them about chemistry and how this team has been able to come together, a lot of them point to that Cayman Island trip, and they say, yeah. you know what, we were forced to be around each other. We didn't have any outside distractions. You apparently didn't let them go to the beach until after the final game. Yep. And uh, <laughs> and uh, they, probably, they probably got some stories about that. Yeah. And uh, but they but they attribute that trip. Now here, you're on the road. You're going to stay on the road. Uh, and I got to imagine that's probably a good thing for your team to get away from some distractions and just focus in on basketball and school and not worry about anything else. It will be. It will be. You know, I mean, travel in this league is so hard. Uh, I mean, that's why every every other team pretty much charters uh, where you can get back that night. And, you know, I think Boise flew in the, the same day and back I out that night. Still can't believe that. Yeah. And so, you know, but it's 
the more you can sleep in your own bed, the better. You know, but there is times where, yeah, when you're on the road for three, four days, it is good. You know, we'll do some team building stuff, and, you know, they're around each other so much at every single meal and on the bus and on the, in the airports and things like that where, you know, I, like you said, it, it brought us together definitely at the Cayman Islands. And, you know, I think it was southern Utah that we had played previously to the Cayman Islands, and we weren't happy with our defensive effort there. So we had some good practices going into the islands too. So uh, a couple of questions rolling in on Twitter. Uh, so we'll get to them. Uh, let's see here. D -d -d what do you do during the uh, season to try to take your mind off coaching? Maybe get a mental rest. Is there anything that you you can do during the season? Yeah, I, I should let my mom answer that because I don't – There, you don't have time to do anything else. Like there's no – there's just no rest. Like yeah. you always feel like you're getting behind. There's no – there's no odd days. There's – I mean, we still have recruiting, too. You know, like, we're making recruiting calls every day. You know, we're scouting every day. You know, and as a head coach, I got, you know, obviously every assistant, you know, they we break down the scouts, and they do a tremendous job. But as soon as the game's over, I'm on to Wyoming. As soon as Wyoming's, I'm on to Colorado State. So, like, I have to – I kind of have all the scouts, Yeah. you know. Now, obviously, I trust my assistants to be able to put it out on the court and and give me some time to like really evaluate films and how we're going to attack them and things like that. But it's a, uh, it's nonstop, you know, and that's why that's the profession we chose. And, and uh, like you said, it, it is hard because there's, you don't sleep a lot, you know, there, it, there's so much emotion going on, whether you win, lose, and, you know, you're just trying to figure out what edge can I give my team for the next game? What, what affects you the most, the wins or the losses? Uh, definitely the losses. That's what yeah. every coach says that. Because yeah. the wins, you just expect it. Yeah. I, I, we expect to win. And uh, so even after, it's like, okay, we did this good, this good. But, yeah, that's we, that's what we thought we were going to do. Yeah. Where the losses, like, they, they still sit with you. You know, even the Bradley loss, I even when I see them on TV, it still drives me crazy. When uh, uh, Brand tweets in, uh, are you concerned about uh, minutes to great and Darius? Uh and and how many minutes you're you're forced to have them out on the court? No, uh, you know this time of year, you know if you look at, I mean look at you know Boise, like almost all their guys are playing above 33 minutes. You know a lot of those guys, and especially when they're not in foul trouble. But you know at this league, you know you have media timeouts. You know we pretty much have, I wouldn't say two off days a week, but you know if you play on the Saturday Tuesday, you know on Sunday you're basically just doing film and walkthrough mm -hmm. you know and then you're taking the Wednesday off and so you know this time of year you know it's not like we're now last week we did practice hard I was concerned a little bit about that but it's uh you know for the most part you're not doing a lot of contact you know maybe one of the practices per week and then you just got to go play uh James what did your Super Bowl spread look like yesterday well I'm a Steeler fan oh you're talking probably food yeah yeah uh, you know what? I just went and got Texas Roadhouse to go. Like I said, I woke up about halftime. The family was already yeah, gone. They were so. already gone, and I just got something to go. And that—that's. It was pretty. It was pretty boring at my house. Just yesterday. grab a steak and call it good. Huh? Exactly. <laughs> no, uh, no crazy stuff on the grill or anything like that. No, because we, we are working on that. By the way, though. yeah. No, exactly. Yep, we definitely got to get that worked out. Yeah. Um, so. When you look at uh, Wyoming and you look at their improvement from when you played them before and now, what, what really jumps out at you? What are you seeing there? Yeah, this, the more they play together, the better they get. They have some new guys, too, kind of like us. They're, they were a pretty new team. Um, their guards are playing really well. They play really well at home. Uh, you know, the Sam Griffin and, and ACOT, like, 
you know, they can both go for 25-30. And the games that they do play really well, you know, those are the games they're winning. And anytime you can beat, you know, they beat Colorado State, they beat Nevada, uh, yeah. you know, like they're they're really hard to beat up in Laramie. And you got to play clean. You got to take care of the ball and you got to compete. That Colorado State, you've seen a lot of games, but being up by 10 with 50 seconds left yeah. and – and uh, or, or they were down 10 with 50 seconds yeah. left, coming back, sending it to overtime, and then winning an OT. You just don't see games like that very often. No, you don't. And uh, it's crazy because it happened like I saw it twice in that same week. You know, I still watch a lot of the Montana State games, and they lost at Portland State. Same thing. They were up nine with 55 seconds wow. ago and lost. And right. so, but that just shows you, like, that's why as a coach, like, you're always, even with a minute and a half left, like, I'm still worried. You yeah. know, like, we got to finish this off. Uh, because the game is the game is crazy and and these kids do some crazy things too. <laughs> there was a game, uh, and in fact, it was the uh, Sam and uh, Sam's last year where they were playing at Boise, and they're up 18 with like three and a half minutes left, and Boise comes back, sends that to overtime, and ends up winning in overtime. And it oh, was, wow, yeah. Uh, I, I I remember that post game with uh, Craig Smith and just being like, I don't know what to ask, and he's like, Yeah, I know. We'll, we'll just let's just get through this. And that's what's crazy. Like momentum does that. Yeah. Like, you can't explain how powerful momentum is and it just makes people do crazy things it makes people think crazy things on the court like even the best players you'll see some of them just do knucklehead stuff like just when momentum starts occurring it's just it's got to i mean that's the stuff that just rips you apart as oh, a coach well, i can't even I imagine said, i guarantee craig still loses sleep over oh that yeah game. yeah for no sure doubt. i'm for sure um as you mentioned this is an elite home team uh, they've beaten uh, Colorado State. We mentioned that game. They beat Nevada. They put 98 points on the board in that game against Nevada. Yeah. Uh, they've beaten Fresno State at home. Yeah, I mean, you go down the list, uh, you know, that's a, that's a team. When you go to Laramie, you, you know you're in for a battle there. It is. You know, they, all, they shoot the ball well at home. I mean, they, they shoot the ball well on the road too. But, you know, when they're playing at home and sleeping in their own bed and they're, they're comfortable, yeah. like, and that's, that's our – we have to make them uncomfortable. we got to guard them. we got to make them – make it hard for them to score and – and, like, on uh, Saturday, you know, when we get stops, we, you know, we're pretty good in transition. Cott's a guy that – he's a Division two guy. He's the Division yeah, two guy, right? really good, yeah. And, and you and I have talked about that. That's kind of a, an untapped resource that people are really starting to go to now to develop their rosters. Him and, uh, and the Mason Walters is, too. You know, he was actually at Jamestown College, uh, which was an NAI. Uh, we'd recruited him uh, at Montana State, and uh, I, thought we, I thought we had a really good chance of getting him there. But he, uh, he's also a really good player. But it just goes to show there's so many good players all over the country, all over the world. Like, it doesn't matter what level. NAI, JUCO, prep school. Like, there's so much talent out there. And these kids nowadays, it, that's all they do. Yeah. All they do is play and work out with their trainers and all this, all this stuff. And so, it, uh, yeah, they, they obviously did a tremendous job, you know, replenishing that roster. Here's a question from Matt. I'm not going to ask you specifically about that, but I will ask you, is this at a point where you, where you start working on your schedule uh, coming into uh, going into next season, or is, there, uh, or is that later in the summer you start working on that yeah, stuff? Yeah, like uh, after the season, you know, and sometimes, you know, like obviously, you know, with teams in the Big 12 now, like we're going to be playing 20 league games next year too, so that's – Two oh, less, that's two, right. Two less games yeah. that we have to get in the non-conference. Are you a fan of that? You, yeah, it makes you, your life a little easier as a as a as from it, scheduling. It it uh, it makes it a little bit easier and it makes it a little bit harder because the teams that are able to buy games, you know, you're trying to buy a team that hopefully you can beat. Yeah. Where now instead we're going to be playing a Mountain West team at home and a Mountain West team on the road. That's which, fair. 
we 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 already know how good these teams are. Yeah. And so, you know, it it'll be tougher, but it's it's the fairest. You know, like every team now is home and away. Like we would have played UNLV home and home. Nevada, we'd have to go to Nevada. You know, and every team, nobody's going to be able to say, oh well, you guys had to play these two teams and we had to play these two. Our schedule was harder. And uh, you know, so just from an equality standpoint, it'll be good. You uh, you working on MTEs right now, or is that later in the season? Yeah, too? no, we're uh, we're talking to some right now, and obviously, it, it's too bad we can't go to the Cayman Islands for four years. They don't, they let you play in the same one once every four years, unless there's like an exemption. Yeah, which yeah. We'll fight for that if there ever is. I'm telling you, by the way, if you ever get a chance to go to the Cayman Islands, yes. go there. Go today, tomorrow. Yes. Any game day where we're not playing, go there. Yeah. And come back for our game. But yeah. Yeah, it's it's phenomenal. Well, Coach, we'll take a quick break, come back. We'll wrap this thing up, get your keys to the game, what you have to do against Wyoming to get a W, and uh, we'll get you ready for what should be a fun stretch of games. Coming up, you're listening to Aggie Basketball from Learfield. All right, wrapping up another edition of the Danny Sprinkle Coaches Show, live here at Ruby's Pizzeria and Grill. Make sure to get by here next week. As we'll have a couple of really big games to break down with Colorado State and Wyoming. And I know everybody wants to look ahead to that Colorado State game. Uh, Rams uh, broke into one of the polls today, ranked number 25th. And obviously, they've got their eyes set on Utah State after you got the win here in Logan. Uh, but like you say, that's that's in the future. Yeah. It's it's all about Wyoming right now. It is. And, and uh, you know, yeah, you just have to take it one day. we got to get better tomorrow and then uh, hopefully prepare ourselves to, to play a great game on Wednesday. And, uh, you know, we got to play with the same energy and effort that we did on Saturday night. You know, not just when, every game here on out. Like, the team set the standard. And I always tell them, like, the best thing about you playing that game is the worst thing for you because now you showed me you can do it. Now it's my job to hold you accountable to that energy and effort every night. Yeah. And uh, you take that energy on the road. You know, yes. maybe maybe shots don't fall on the road, but defense travels, energy no travels. No question. And that's that's what won us the game at UNLV, at Boise. At the end of the day, we got those stops when we needed to that won the game. Yeah. Um, uh, Khalifa continues to uh, – yeah. I had another question about Khalifa. And, you know, he's getting moments, and, and sometimes he looks like a first-year player in the Mountain West. Sometimes there's really good moments. He wants to know about his learning curve and how he's coming along at this point. He, he's been great. He, uh, he played really well on Saturday night. Like, he impacted the game with his length. Uh, he had a great little jump hook. Uh, but I, he, he gives us flexibility to where, like, he can guard point guards. Like, we can switch one through five when he's in the game, uh, and he can keep guards in front and contest. And uh, I loved his effort on the boards, even a couple where he just tipped them. But, like, he was flying around, and that's how he's got to continue to play because with his size and his speed and athleticism, that's when he affects the game. Yeah, sky's the limit for yeah. him and what he can do. And I think another offseason here huge. in Logan is going to be absolutely huge no for him. Question. No put, question. Put on a few LBs and uh, see what he can do. Yeah, exactly. And just, you know, like everything's been brand new to him, you know. And he didn't, he didn't play a ton at junior college, you know. And so, like, but he's just, he's just that raw talent. But he wants to be good. And uh, he gets better, and I'm, we're on him pretty hard uh, because we know what his potential is. 
are a lot of it seems like a lot of the COVID kids are now starting to wean themselves out and is that making it easy I mean you'd love to have guys around yeah. for a little bit more but is it kind of easy to manage a roster now as opposed to over what it was the last couple of years well not really now with the transfer portal well <laughs> no, yeah that's with, true and they're gonna you know they'll clear probably the two-time transfer stuff but which will make it even more difficult but you know next year will be the last year of COVID like the kids that came in that were freshmen during that COVID year They'll be fifth-year seniors next year if they choose to be. And, uh, you know, but other than that, like, I mean, it is hard. Like, it's – but this league, it doesn't matter because it's, it's old every year. Like, you have to be a really, really good high school player to come in and play right away. Yeah. And uh, you got uh, – obviously, recruiting's big, and, and you're – you know, your head probably doesn't hit the pillow at night without thinking about recruiting and what's going on out there. And, yeah. And especially considering, you know, a couple of the pieces that you lost, you know, transfer portal is going to be probably big for you this year. No, no question. I mean – yeah, we'll have to get a, a veteran guard, you know, to replace Darius too. Like Terrence Hill's really talented, um, but you know he's going to be a true freshman too. You know, yeah. you got to have you got to have more than one point guard, and more one more ball handler. And so, you know, we'll see. But I'm, I, you know, I I really like how our staff has developed guys over the years. And so, like Carson will get much better. Khalifa will get better. Josh will get better. Ian and Mason will get better. And uh, you know, that's the goal to sustain the program. Well, we'll be back with you coming up uh, tomorrow on Wednesday. It's Utah State and Wyoming, and you'll hear all the action right here on the Aggie Sports Network from Learfield. From Rudy's, this has been the Aggies Coaches Show. Brought to you by Holiday Inn Express, Stay Smart, Beaver Mountain, Come Ski the Beam, Smith's Fresh for Everyone, Sports Academy and Racquet Club, Your Club, Your Results, Your Life, Zion's Bank, We Haven't Forgotten Who Keeps Us in Business, Ford, Go Further, and by Ruby's, home of the Aggie Coaches Show. The proceeding has been a Learfield presentation on the Aggie Sports Network.